Welcome to Have You Heard, an IDF podcast. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation, a nonprofit organization that improves the diagnosis, treatment, and quality of life of people affected by primary immunodeficiency. People living with PI are the zebras of the medical world, and the IDF community is one big zebra herd. Undergoing treatment for severe combined immunodeficiency, or SCID, involves months in the hospital as well as months of isolation. In today's episode, we will be discussing one family's isolation for SCID and how they've coped during COVID-19. All right, let's get started. Hi everyone. Welcome to this episode, How One Family Navigates Isolation for SCID During COVID part of the SCID Compass series. My name is Karen Rohr and I'm a communications manager at IDF. I'm pleased to join you today as your guest host. After a severe combined immunodeficiency or SCID diagnosis, many families decide that their child will undergo treatment. Throughout the treatment journey, isolation is practiced to limit the number of germs and bacteria that could harm the child. This isolation can last months in the hospital and continues into the home for recovery. Today, we will be speaking with Rachel Homer about how her family navigated isolation, especially during the pandemic. Rachel is mom to two-year-old Lemuria Gishi. Doctors diagnosed Lemuria with Artemis Skid through newborn screening shortly after her birth on July 20, 2019. In October 2019, Lemuria received gene therapy at the University of California San Francisco Medical Center more than 800 miles away from her home on the Navajo Nation Reservation in Arizona. Rachel cared for Lemuria by herself at the hospital and then in patient family housing. Mother and daughter were away from home for nine months during treatment and recovery. Finally, in March 2020, with Lemuria building a strong immune system as a result of the gene therapy and the pandemic looming, doctors allowed Rachel to take Lemuria home. We asked Rachel if she would tell us about her story of coping with the isolation, both in the hospital setting and once she returned home. Hello, Rachel, and welcome. We're excited to have you here today to talk to you about your experiences coping with isolation as your daughter went through skid diagnosis, treatment, and recovery. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share our story. Thank you, Rachel. First off, um, Can you describe how you learned about Lemuria's diagnosis and the emotions and thoughts you experienced when the doctors told you that she had SCID? So with Lemuria's diagnosis, she was diagnosed through the newborn screening. She was about five days old. And the emotions that I had were I was scared. I felt like I just lost. It, It was something new, something we know nothing about. It was really fairly new to us. And it was a a scary time. I'm sure that it was. Um, Can you tell me what did the doctors share with you about the importance of isolation? Because that's a whole separate component to the skid diagnosis. Yeah, with the isolation, they told us that anything she could catch could actually harm her. And that going through treatment with her having a an infection would make it a lot difficult. So the isolation was probably a big part of keeping her safe, keeping her away from any bacteria or any germs. Right. 
So I think you were first admitted um, at the hospital in Tuba City and then at the Phoenix Hospital. Um, Tell me about the experiences with isolation in those two hospitals. Were they the same? Were they different? So the two hospitals that we were admitted to, Tuba City was actually different from Phoenix. In Tuba City Hospital, we were, they told us limited visitors. And my son, I have a four-year-old, he was actually not allowed into the room in Tuba City. So when we transferred to Phoenix, I was surprised that he was able to come into the room with his sister. We also had her father come in. But it was it was two different types of isolations from Tuba City and Phoenix. Did they have to wear any kind of protective um, equipment, uh, masks or anything when they went into the room to visit her in Phoenix? So in Phoenix, no. All we had to do was scrub our hands, up our arms for about two minutes. But in Tuba City, they had the full gown, the, sh- the gowns that they put on. Mm-hmm. And they had to have the mask, the gloves. You had to scrub for two minutes. So it was, it was very different. Okay. Um, did your family understand about the isolation needs? Um, did they understand the, you know, importance of isolation for Lemuria? Was it difficult for you to explain that to them? Yes. My mom is a big part of my, and part of my family. And so she, we didn't really, she didn't really understand, okay, she needs to be by herself. She needs to be, we need to be in a room basically alone And I think my mom had a hard time wrapping that around her mind until I finally broke it down. Okay, mom, she can easily catch this. She can easily catch that. So we need to wash our hands, keep our mask on. And it was very difficult because it is her first grandchild, her daughter, the girl, Mm -hmm. a, a granddaughter. My son is the grandson and she's the granddaughter. So it's her first granddaughter and she wants to hold and hug and love. And it's like, mom, we can't do that. Yeah. So how long was Lemuria in Arizona before doctors transferred her to California? And can you explain how they transferred her to the University of California, San Francisco Medical Center? So we were in Arizona for about two months, and then we were transferred to UCSF. We were actually on a private plane or like a little uh, medical plane, and she had to be monitored all the way in the plane all the way over. So they had the heart monitor, the oxygen levels on her. We all wore our mask and we had to take from the the landing stop of the plane to the hospital, we actually took an ambulance. And so from there again, they had to monitor her, her heart, her breathing, all the things we needed to keep monitoring and making sure she was still safe. Mm-hmm. After Lemuria was admitted to UCSF Medical Center, was she in the bone marrow transplant unit immediately? Is that where she went? So when we arrived to UCSF, we were actually on the oncology side. Okay. We didn't move to the bone marrow transplant until the day before her bone marrow harvest. Okay. Okay. So tell me about the isolation measures they took at UCSF. Uh, as far as the rules on guests and bringing in outside objects like food and um, toys, blankets, and were there any restrictions that you had when you interacted with her? 
So with the precautions of isolation in UCSF, everything that came in her room, such as toys or blankets, the toys had to be wiped and sanitized. The blankets had to be either washed or dried for about 30 minutes on high to kill any bacteria that were even lingering on the clothing. So everything we had before we got to UCSF, we had to wipe down and wash and make sure it was clean before it came in the room. Okay. And as far as bringing outside food, were you allowed to bring in outside food or was there a certain protocol with bringing food into the room? So outside food was actually not allowed in the room. The only foods that were allowed in the room is what you ordered from the cafeteria. Okay. And as far as your interactions with her, could you pick her up and hold her and, you know, interact with her whenever you wanted to? And and when you did, did you have to wear certain protective equipment? Interacting with her, I was able to hold her, cuddle with her, play with her. Um, No mask needed because I was basically in the room with her 24-7. But if you had like like a slight cold, you were coming down with something, you would have to tell the nurses immediately and they would help arrange for care for her. Was the staff member very careful about coming in your room as well? Did they wear the equipment that they needed to wear? Yes, the cleaning staff came in every day and they were very careful. They wore their mask, they were distant, and they just cleaned what they needed to clean and they were on their way. Okay. And when the doctors came in for the rounds, when we were on the oncology side, when the doctors came in on rounds, they wore their gowns, their gloves, and their mask. When we moved over to the bone marrow transplant, it actually changed. They just came right in the room. Sometimes if you were on isolation precautions, then they would wear their gowns and their mask and their gloves. But after a certain while, once you get a built immune system, the precautions kind of decrease as the immune system gets stronger. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for that information. We're going to take a quick break and we will talk some more in just a few moments. No matter where you are along your journey, IDF wants to help you manage living with primary immunodeficiency, or PI. As a community-empowered organization, IDF can provide you with support, education, and resources to help you cope with a wide variety of issues related to PI, including physical and mental health, insurance, and relationships. For more information, please visit www.primaryimmune.org. Welcome back. Rachel Homer is with us today discussing her journey with isolation as she cared for her daughter, Lemuria, diagnosed with SCID. What kind of support did you get from hospital staff in relation to breaks from being in the room in isolation, Rachel? Did staff come in and watch Lemuria so that you could go eat or take a walk or take a break? So with the support of the staff, Um, Some of the nurses, when they weren't too busy, they would offer to come in and say, hey, I can hold her for about maybe 10, 20 minutes if you want to go get something to eat and come back. There was also um, ladies that come in, they're called cuddlers, and they would hold your baby for about 10, 20 minutes as well, and they would just enjoy the baby. And so because she was small enough and she didn't really need a lot of attention, they came in, they hold her, and I would take a break. 
Um, they did also have cameras in the room and they offered, hey, we can turn on the cameras while she's asleep. And so there I got kind of an idea of how long her naps would be. So with the cameras being on, I was a little bit more comfortable that they would be able to see her and I would try and get back before she was able to wake up. Okay, so it sounds like you may have gotten at least a daily break with support from the staff. Yes, at least 30, 10 minutes, even just because on the sixth floor, we stayed on the sixth floor and they have like a little library area and it wasn't too far from her room. It was just down the hallway and there they have like a Keurig machine. You can make some tea, some coffee, just take a little breather in. That that was really helpful, that library. From there, you were able to take some, some supplies back too if you needed to like draw or get some right crafting done mm -hmm. so when you were in the room with Lemuria um, tell me about the routine that you developed with her as far as nap time and tummy time and play time did you have a schedule um, and did that kind of help with the isolation because it helped pass the time and kind of you know keep you on a schedule yeah, so with Limeria, they have a mat in the room, and so we would do tummy time, sitting time, playing time, and every Friday there was always a bingo, a hospital-wide bingo, and we would play bingo, and all the kids win, so we were able to take our bingo cards down to the fifth floor and, and pick out a prize, and you were able to take the prize, the toy, whether it was within their age range of what type of toys they had, so you were able to take back something for them and she really enjoyed that no. they also have um tv that had a lot of um, movies and tv shows and so Limeria's favorite movie was Mo Moana mm -hmm. <laughs> watch Moana every day oh that is so sweet so let's move on to the topic of how you coped emotionally with the isolation you were by yourself with basically no family members visiting, I think you had some short visits, but you were pretty much by yourself. Um, tell me, what did you do to kind of find strength? And you did tell me that you had some interaction with your mom on a daily basis. Just describe how you got through your days. Yeah, so in the evening time, my mom would FaceTime me every day, every day, sometimes even twice a day. She would call me and... My son actually got his own phone so I could call him whenever I wanted because his dad would work during the day and I would call him and he would sit on the phone with me for a while and we would see sister and he would say, hi mom. And it was, it was really helpful to just be able to see him. Okay. So technology was extremely important Yes, and keeping you connected. Yeah. So once you were done in the hospital, when the doctor said that Lemuria was strong enough to move to um, patient family housing nearby, describe, you know, the isolation in the, you know, apartment. Was it as strict? Was it a little less? Um, tell me about that part. So once we were able to move to the family house, my family actually came and visit. So my mom... 
my husband and my son, they actually all came out and visit. And so that was the first time my son got to see his sister. And she was so mesmerized by him. Like, she's like, who are you? She's lost in his face. But the precautions actually kind of went down when we went to family house because I was able to take her outside for little walks. But there we actually um, started introducing the mask. When we went outside, she needed to wear a mask. And we were trying to keep her isolated still, but we were able to go outside to get some fresh air. That's wonderful. Did you take her in any enclosed area like stores or was it just primarily you needed to stay outside? Uh, I tried to keep her mostly outside. Um, I did have to walk to, there's a little Safeway down the street. And so when I needed to buy food, I would just take her with her stroller, put her mask on and put a, like a rain cover over the stroller, just to take her inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, you know, time passed, you know, several months passed. And finally, I guess in March, the doctors decided that you could go home. But tell me how that all of that transpired. Was it sort of a, a confluence of the fact that, you know, the pandemic was beginning and that Lameria was doing better and stronger and her immune system was reconstituted. Tell me how, you know, that came to be. And then about your journey home and how you, you know, dealt with isolation once you returned home. With COVID-19 on the rise, it was very difficult. It was a difficult decision to try and send her home or keep her because either way she was going to get exposed whether it being at the family house and me going to the grocery store with her or us being home and her dad going from home and work, home and work. And we were actually living with his parents at the time and he has a nephew that was going to school as well. And so schools weren't closed. They were still open and that was a risk of her catching it because he was coming and going from school. And so we were we were trying to figure a living situation where it would just be me and her again, but closer to home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your next step then when you were able to leave the hospital? I think you said that you stayed in was it, um, a house that your aunt had. You stayed there for a little while. Yes, we stayed um, on the reservation at my aunt's house, literally in the middle of nowhere where it was just me and Lameria again. And we'd stayed there for a couple of months and we finally got some, there was new housings where my husband lives a lot closer. There was new housings coming up and the doctors actually wrote us a letter to get us into a housing. So it would just be her father, me and my son all in one house. So we weren't living with another family. Okay. And tell me, you know, once the pandemic came, you know, life changed for everyone. Did it help your family understand better the, um, you know, the risk that uh, germs to Lameria um, in general? Like, did they finally say, oh, I, I think I understand a little bit better why you needed to be in isolation and why you needed to wear the mask? Did that make any difference? Yeah, so the COVID-19, it was... It was a real eye-opener for everybody on how quickly it could spread and how easily germs are spread. And so when we came into our new home, we didn't have any visitors. Grandma was allowed to come over, but she was standing on the outside of the window. And 
she's like, we can't wait for this COVID to be over because we need to see her. And we were finally home and we were technically off isolation precautions. But because COVID came back around, we had to go back into isolation. So we were we were supposed to be able to go out outdoors to like the store, to the restaurants. But because COVID hit, it was like, nope, you're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, Lamiri couldn't visit the rest of her family members. No. Tell me, has that changed at all? You know, have you been able to like lift some of those restrictions a little bit or have they remained the same? We lifted a little bit because the Navajo Nation is really on the COVID-19. Everywhere you go on the Navajo Nation, you have to have your mask. You have to be masked anywhere you go. So with that being said, and the family is now aware of how easily everything can be spread. Everybody wears their mask where they go. Everybody has the mask. Sometimes I have to take her to the babysitters. That's either grandma on my husband's side or my mom's side. Mm -hmm. They both know, okay, we need to clean everything before she comes over. Everything needs to be sanitized and we have to make sure she's not putting things in her mouth. Right. But she's a big person that loves to put things in her mouth. <laughs> so Lamiria is now two years old. How is she doing and how is her immune system doing? She is doing good. Um, we have a visit in UCSF in October. And so we're hoping that this visit we get good news that she could start dead vaccines. And then eventually move into her vaccines. But we're on that border of she's not there yet, but she's almost there. Right. So I'm curious what advice you would have for a newly diagnosed family that is being told that they have to be in isolation. What words of advice would you have for them uh, to maybe help them get through it? I think the big thing is you're not alone. There's always, I know they say skid is a rare disorder, but you're not alone. They say a lot of things are rare, but when you go to the hospital, you know you're not alone. There's a lot of families going through different things, but almost similar. And just keep yourself busy through the isolation, whether that be crafting, taking pictures, just find something to keep you busy. Okay, good. So some sort of hobby, even, you know, while you're there. Okay. All right, Rachel. Um, well, I just thank you so much for sharing your insight today. It's been a wonderful conversation. And thank you to our listeners for being with us today. The Have You Heard podcast is part of IDF's work to empower the PI community through advocacy, education, and research. Continue to share this information and join us for more podcast episodes in the future as we explore the topics that mean the most to you. Until then, all of us here at IDF want to wish you good health and strength. And remember, the IDF community is rare and powerful. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation. The Skid Compass series is supported by a grant through the Health Resources and Service Administration, or HRSA, an agency of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you like our show and want to learn more, 
please subscribe to this podcast so future episodes will be sent to your device automatically. To learn more about primary immunodeficiency and the PI community, please visit the IDF website at www.primaryimmune.org. For more information on SCID, visit www.skidcompass.org. And if you have a question you would like answered, email us at idf at primaryimmune.org. Thanks for tuning in.